Hello everyone and welcome back to the Contineros podcast. The podcast is sponsored by Port Pro. The leading operating system for drayage carriers. Schedule a demo today at portpro.io or just check them out at portpro.io. Episode number 36, we got Minor Ambrosio. He does uh, business development at HallPay, a factoring company. We're going to learn a few things about that. So, welcome. Thank you so much for having me over. Um, it's much, you know, anticipated. I'm excited, a little nervous, you know. Me um, too, bro. <laughs> the good thing is that we have a, a outside relationship also yeah. where we're friends and yeah, we've hung yeah, out. So, yeah. it's not just yeah. like business, you know. And so. you did that live with me, uh, yeah. the factoring, when we went live at the office, mm-hmm. RIP office, though. But, yeah. yeah. Long time coming, man. You've grown <laughs> up a lot. It's it's exciting to see your growth, you know? Thank you, man. All the community that you're building, so. So tell us uh, about you, though. A little about yourself. Um, not too much, because I got a question, so don't, <laughs> don't spill all the beans. Not, not at all. I mean, I've been in the industry uh, going on... 12 years now i've uh, been blessed with being a dispatcher being an accounting team leader sales manager and here i am you know working with the factoring company so it's a little bit of a change but i like it better than any of the positions i've had in the past that that's for sure how did you get into factoring i was a operations supervisor at next trucking um and you know obviously we parted ways and this opportunity came up, applied. Uh, they had initially shrugged me off at first. Um, I got that automated email, you know, thank you, but we're not going to move forward. Mm-hmm. Day later, they ended up calling me and scheduled the interview. It's a couple interviews um, pre-pandemic. Yeah. So it was all uh, already digital, you know, and um, it's been there a little over two years now. And finche automation, a veces hasta para los emails la caga, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that was automation right there. <laughs> yep. Almost had you out of a job, man. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, man. And it happens, you know. We, since we are a digital company, a lot of the emails that our clients do receive are yeah. just from the system. It's not like an actual person typing it out, you mm-hmm. know. So How does it make you feel to know that people don't really give a shit about like ninety percent of those emails? Like, it's you, fine. Yeah, that, that's why I, you know I'm yeah. used to it. I don't really like. My approach is a little different than others. Yeah. So what works for them doesn't work for me and vice versa, right? Mm So I don't do those automations. Simply, I'm old school. Pick up the phone, send a text message, build that relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's beyond just a transaction. Yeah, Yeah, I guess there's so much going out now that I'm speaking from my experience. I I wouldn't respond to nothing. Mm -hmm. I guess that's bad on my end or maybe good. I don't know because I heard that some of those offers are legit. Whether yeah. it's business opportunities or like, you know, mm-hmm. it's but spam. I didn't know. I was like, man, leave me alone, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but here we are. Yeah. Luckily. Yeah. Here I am. I'm no longer having my own authority. Huh? <laughs> hey, open those emails, guys. Get to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So factoring, man, like there's so much, there's so much to learn in trucking and mm-hmm. factoring is like something that I didn't take serious till like towards the end, like mm-hmm. that it was a thing. You know, a tool to kind of like catapult your operation um, to where you know that that's what I think I learned, that you get that that steady cash flow coming in and and everything has a cost. Right. Yeah. How about you just do it? Because this is your job. Like, you know, you know more than me. So what's factoring, man? So even when I had my own carrier authority, right, I had two units running Mm -hmm. under me and I still had a factoring company. Right. Before factoring was kind of a like the F word. Right. It was frowned upon. Yeah, um, a lot of people, you know, it's it could be either their own pride that doesn't allow them, or it could be various, um, mm-hmm. you know, topics. But factoring is simple. You pretty much don't have to worry about the day to day operations regarding your AR, your AP, because that's where we come into play, right? The what? Where we come into play? No, those those initials, those acronyms. Accounts receivable. Uh huh. So you don't have to worry about chasing after your paycheck after you delivered a load, yeah. right, or a container. And AP, accounts payable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, there it is. Huh? A, what? A-R, AR and AP. AR and AP. Add that to the list, guys. And the reason why I said AP is because we do a lot of uh, brokerage factoring as well. So we have that 
department structured already as well, mm-hmm. um, where we take care of their carrier payments. We take care of their collections. So it's it's a whole you know lot of opportunities that you gain when building a relationship with the factoring company. It's not just getting your money the day after, mm-hmm. right? You get the financial support where if you land a project, right, you're going to have to come out of pocket. You know, you have to, you know, maneuver your money to succeed. With the factoring company, we just pretty much take care of everything mm-hmm. for you guys. Mm-hmm. So, Are there certain projects, like what makes you say, we'll, we'll fuck with this project? Or like, um, how do we know what project we could bring to the table and be like, help us out so we could take on this? We have a mobile app that you download on your um, Android or tablet or, mm-hmm. or um, iPhone, right? And through that app, you could actually check credit on somebody before you pick up a load. That way it guarantees your paycheck, mm. right? Versus taking that risk on your own where you don't know if they're going to pay you or not. Mm-hmm. You deliver the load, then you're spinning your wheels, chasing your tail, trying to get that money. And mm-hmm. it's happened, you know, especially with the pandemic that, that happened a couple of years back. None of our clients um, felt the the stress financially because you know they got their money, yeah. they got paid regardless. Versus us, where even with larger brokerages, it was hard to get our payments. Hmm. You know, some of them extended up to like ninety days. You know, we're talking millions. So, mm-hmm. but what if do you not only just check the okay? We got to do our homework and check the credit of who we're messing with right? Your app, yeah but so your app is kind of beneficial to you as well because it kind of filters out the bad so you don't yes. even have to like a selective uh business model right like mm-hmm. i'm only gonna fuck with these guys that yeah no you guys are free to work with whomever obviously it's your own business so we don't dictate or tell you hey no you gotta mm-hmm. stay away from them because there are some clients that prefer to just build them directly you know it's a huge risk that they're gonna take but if that's the route that they want to go, we're, we have nothing against it. But do you have to check my credit too as my company? No. Some factoring companies do. Both? Uh, yeah. With mm. with us, we don't structure it that way. So Why not? our approach is a little different because it's not based off of you as a person. It's based off of your business and about who you're going to be working with. Because at the end of the day, all we're going to be doing is making sure that you get paid. Mm. Right? Like trucking companies get bad scores too, right? Is that yeah. a thing? Yeah. With brokerages mainly, um, okay. truckers, we don't check your credit. We just do like our simple due diligence background, mm-hmm. you know, history. Um, and that's all we do. We don't do a personal credit check, so there's no hard inquiry on your report. Yeah. Earlier you said the pride. And in business, I think that's something that a lot of people don't, or that are old school. They miss mm-hmm. that part where... A lot of times these people borrow from the beginning Mm -hmm. and people like to and it's honorable and everything to be like self-made and come up from nothing but at one point or another you're gonna have to get a loan huh it shouldn't be like um embarrassing to say i had to borrow a hundred thousand to get this going right you know and it's just like a it's an alternative obviously it doesn't work for everybody um but it's an alternative avenue for you to not take such a high risk or take on any loans, right? So that way it's structured on a customer per customer mm-hmm. basis. What if, what if the customer doesn't pay and meanwhile you've been paying me? We absorb the hit. So with our program, it's uh, what's called non-recourse, mm-hmm. where the only re- uh, requirement that we have is for you to check their credit, make sure that they're approved. As okay. long as they're approved, whether it takes them six months to pay or if they close, mm-hmm. they go bankrupt, we're not coming out, uh, for you after that money. What is that non-recourse? You you choose that by default or it yeah. varies by, that's just your, your business model? That's us, yeah. Non-recourse. Yeah. And there's other types? Yeah, there's non-recourse with a, with a clause, meaning, you know, so that's, it, okay. it could be 90 days and if they don't get their money in 90 days, then you have to pay out. Okay. There's recourse, which is based off of your personal credit. Yeah. And they establish a line of credit for you that you have to maintain per month. And if you go under that mm-hmm. threshold, you're going to be seeing penalties and fees and your rate's going to increase. That's the only three types that you know of? Yeah. And, and every every company is going to have their different um, clauses within their, within their agreements. But um, we don't really worry about the other ones. What we do offer our clients or potential clients is... You could send over an agreement, you know, to us for review, just to look at the terminology and to see where you really stand. Because 
as of late, especially as of late, everybody's so fixated on the rate, right? Oh, well, they're offering me 2%. Okay, great. But what kind of program is it? And usually okay, with okay. those low rates. What's that risk? Yeah. Um, okay. Where you're going to be seeing fee transactional fees. And mm. that 2% essentially comes out to be like 3.5%, 4%. Oh, it just marketed it different. Yeah. But yeah. because they're like, oh, no, it's 2%. But in reality, it's not really not. So then you're uh, no recourse. And what's the catch there? Because everyone seems to have a catch. So there's got to be a catch. There is none. That, mm. That's why I, I, I love working it's, it here. Simple. The program that we have. Yeah, this is what we it don't, is. We don't. It's a low three-month uh, term contract. We don't lock you in for a year. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't renew you or hold you hostage for, you know, six months, 12 months, whatever the case is. Try to be as simple as possible because you guys already have a lot on your plate. Diesel prices going up. All the operational stuff, safety, you know, CHP inspections, all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. why, why are we going to complicate it for you? Yeah. Can you provide a simple definition of what factoring is just really short like why would an owner operator with own authority consider factoring you're selling your invoice so the load that you delivered yeah. to us at a small fee versus you having to do everything on your own creating and generating an invoice emailing it to the broker following up on payment status you know setting them up so that's that's the main and it's that, so I, you're basically, think of it like a bank, I guess. You, you have the money. I want to do business with this trucking company, but I can't afford to wait the amount of days that they offer mm -hmm. payment in, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, hey, bro, I got the money. Like, I'll yeah, front it to you so you could keep going and, and paying your drivers because drivers want to get paid the next week, you know, yeah. or, or even same day sometimes. So mm -hmm. that's all it is. Yeah. And then when you level up and you ha have your own money, you don't got to miss out on that 2% or whatever you want to call it. This is just the... I'll be frank with you. Um, a lot of major conglomerate brokerages, you know Schneider, right? We all know Schneider. We know CRE England. Mm -hmm. They're factory. They gave up their accounting team handed it over to a factoring company for a smaller fee versus having, you know, a 20-team accounting department. Oh, Because that's a larger okay, okay. Oh. investment that you're spending on, you know? Okay. So a lot of fact, a lot of brokerages are switching over to factoring, so it's making it a little easier mm -hmm. for carriers to even understand it as mm. well, you know? So it's not, it's not a bad yeah. thing anymore. That's a good move, man. Believe Why me. pay employees when... I'll take a, a cut. Fee. I'll take yep. a loss of, of the fee. And versus... somebody else takes care of it. Yep. Hey, that's why these big businesses stay in business forever. They got their little trucos, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And that's why we built out our brokerage department as well, you know, just to help out. Like, shout out Hermanos Service Express. Yeah. Um, they're with us. Yeah, they jumped on, huh? They... Yeah, I mean, because we simplified everything for them. Hey. All they have. Hey, to... what they mentioned though? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Containeros, make sure hey. you say Containeros hey. to get that larger hey. discount. I'm getting the hang of this YouTube. Hey, um, in the description below, uh, <laughs> you, you could sign up with him. Hey, eh? this <laughs> is go. not a sales podcast, by yeah. the way. Yeah, so. it's not. It's literally just educating our, our people, building the network, continuing uh, to build a community tighter community and it's a faq yeah but now i know about factoring a little too fucking late but um if i get back in that truck no we'll not, see what's up you, you don't know? even have to have your own unit i mean we have uh if you're a dispatcher we mm -hmm. work with dispatchers and you get a piece of the pie at the end of the month mm -hmm. so you're going to get paid for carriers or even brokers that sign up with us we we pay out our partner referrals mm -hmm. um, that's just an extra kicker for you guys you know to to keep Mm -hmm. different avenues of income but think about it that's the part that i dislike but it's kind of like delegating you you can't do everything so it's going to come with a with a, a loss of revenue in one way or another because or maybe i'm wrong because i was like okay i'll get a factoring company then i get a dispatcher like that mm -hmm. dispatch service they're basically just writing off of your assets like let me dispatch for you and then they get that fee and i have my permits at stake Mm -hmm. And and meanwhile, I'm, I'm missing out on, on the percentage they deduct and the percentage of the factoring company. So let's just say an outrageous, just to be wild, 16% mm -hmm. that I'm missing out on. I've seen that. 
and it's like i mean more power to the, them they got their hustle on and, mean, and the difference in this case i guess that you could say is that we're taking the like off of that 16 percent. let's just say you know if we collect two or three percent now you're only paying the dispatcher what would that be like 13 percent versus the 16 because obviously mm -hmm. we're going to be taking yeah the invoice fee so it's one step less that the dispatcher has to do and all, that's why we had we built and it, everything's proprietary as far as the mobile app goes and even our website we're at a tech company first yeah um that's how we started 2014 and we moved into factoring in 2017 all right so the apps all in-house we have our on-site engineers they take care of all of that stuff so yeah it just sounds like there's a lot of scenarios out there to make money in trucking. And that's one that got my attention recently, like dispatch services. Like mm -hmm. you don't own no trucks. You just collect the fee. Yeah. yeah. And they're out there running them and all that. But there's different you, ways. You, you give up something, that's what you get. Like yeah. you don't want to put in the work and dispatch your own shit. So it comes with a little fee, right? Yeah, and l lately it's, it's a lot easier, uh, to be honest where you guys just post your trucks on whichever load board that you have yeah. and then just wait for the brokers to call you directly and not your dispatcher. Yeah. So technology is changing a lot of stuff as of recently. Yeah. We're finally switching over. Because when I started in, in this industry, everything was by flip phones and by faxes. Yeah. You know, dispatching your truck by a fax. Setting up with the broker used to take like an hour. Uh-oh. Hey, when I do that shit, man. But yeah, that's how most drivers get too. Like working an app, they don't really seem to like apps. You know, yeah, it's like the, a lot of the yeah. problems that the tech companies have, like getting the driver engagement. Because mm -hmm. yeah, because then you're gonna be having like ten apps for different things. Yeah, right? and yeah. that's why that's a lot of steps less that you have to take by having a factoring company. You don't have to worry about all that other stuff. You just mm -hmm. submit it directly to us and just watch your bank account grow. Wait for that deposit. And if we want to, we it doesn't mean, oh, that's another catch. What if I almost signed up with one one time. Mm -hmm. But then I read the part where like any accounts I get, they're going to be in the middle. It's like. What if I get a little something on the side that I hear pay me, you know, I don't got to wait that long. There's no need for you to get dip into that, you know. Unfortunately, in this industry, there's a lot of predatory factoring companies that will either threaten you or take you to court if they find out that you're billing, you know, directly versus us. That jargon is usually always going to be there about nine out of ten times in the agreement. Mm -hmm. However, the actual operations, the day-to-day -day operations... Like I mentioned at the beginning, I have a lot of clients that build directly. They'd rather do that because they know the warehouse manager and they get, you know, a cut off of it, right? Yeah. That's fine. I What's mean, that lingo called so that they can look out for that if they're signing up with someone? It's it's usually on the UCC. Um, so there's a lien that's placed on you as a, as a client when you sign up with any factoring company. Even if you get a PPP loan, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of them that are coming in now that that comes up that lien because even if you get a line of credit equipment loan for your truck that's going to come up as a as a lien now depending on the type of lien itself you're going to see the jargon written on there all receivables equipment they'll sometimes put a lien on on the equipment they'll sometimes put a lien on your personal credit so it's just it varies from company to company but regarding the actual if they find out that that you're billing directly and they could come in that's usually on like page two or three of the actual agreement. Hmm. They should say that from the get go, huh? <laughs> like, hey, by the There's way, you, you got this big account here. We need the, the three percent for that as yeah, well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Can you tell us more about the lien stuff? Because I, I misunderstood that. Does that mean that certain companies you you sign up for factoring with them, you're at a risk of losing your your property to them? Unfortunately, yes, but yeah. only in scenarios where, let's say, if you're if you go out of business right now obviously there's an outstanding balance that yeah. needs to be owed or paid back to the factoring company if that's the route then that's what that jargon covers and protects the factoring mm -hmm. company from a loss mm -hmm. we just want to get the money or they want to receive the funds that they already advanced you for 
Right. So a non-recourse company would not be eligible to claim any assets then? It's only on bad case scenarios. Again, if, bad, you, like, if you go like bankrupt or yeah. if you, you know, close your business or sell the business, that balance, if any owed, needs to be paid back to the factoring company before a release is given. So if let's say if you were factoring with us, Containeros, hmm. um, you sold your truck, right? Now, if there was any balance owed to us from money that we gave you, then that money needs to be paid back to us, whether it's recourse or non-recourse. It's just standard practice. Because why would any factoring company not want to collect their money back? That's if my customer didn't pay, right? No, because again, it's two different scenarios, right? So mm -hmm. you're closing your business, you're selling your business to a different individual, mm -hmm. right? So you are no longer going to be liable for it. So either he pays for that balance, he or she pays for that balance, or you pay for that balance. We need to receive the funds. Now that's only on bad case scenarios, again, because we're still going to get the money from the brokerage. Yeah. But until that money is paid off by that brokerage, okay. we can't release the lien. Mm. But once it's zeroed out, then yeah, well, good okay, luck, okay, you know, okay. best of luck to you. Ah, I see. So. You guys got to ask a lot of questions to these guys. Uh, yeah, no, and, and the more questions you ask, the more engaged you are, mm. the more aware and more research you make, it's going to make you that much more knowledgeable, but most importantly, know how to operate your business as well. So it's going to help you out in the long run, right? Because yeah. there's some companies that I've seen that it, it's just, it, it gets it gets ugly in this industry, unfortunately. It's boring as fuck, but you really do got to look over the fine print. It's there for a reason. Yeah. And the times it's brought up, it's not under good terms most of the time. So Yeah, like, because of... According to this little section here, yeah. you're fucked. Or, or and, and what I've encountered a lot with other bigger factoring companies is that they, because they have so many services that they offer, yeah, they'll sell you on this service, for example, dispatching, quote unquote, but in reality, you actually signed up as a factoring client, but they didn't tell you that. They, the <laughs> they maneuvered it themselves. They pitched it in a way where it was just pretty much covered up. And then turns out you can't even release. Can't leave them. So another rule of thumb as well, um, you can't have multi multiple factoring companies at all. You can only have one per authority, per entity. Why is that? And who came up with that? What's the reason? Standard practice. Because let's say if you signed up with us and ABC factoring company, there's a risk that you're billing both of us. We both fronted you the funds. And then now who is the brokerage really going to pay? Mm. Is it going to be them? Is it going to be ABC or is it going to be Hall Pay? Mm. So it's in the best interest of everybody as to why that lien is placed there in the beginning. You should be able to do it and then you guys do your homework and see, right? Or is it like a law? Because you can't have two factoring companies, but I can have like it two bank accounts. Yeah, you can, but again, since it's such a sensitive topic where it's the receivables in question, mm -hmm. that factoring company needs to have their interest secured for any funds that's being dispersed to mm -hmm. you. But you can't or you shouldn't? Like, who who, oh. will, who, will, who will stop me if I try to sign up with two? You could potentially get canceled by both. Oh. And it happens, you know, time and time. <laughs> it, it, it does, yeah. unfortunately, where, you know, let, let's say you guys are applying at three different factoring companies, right? Now, some companies will place that lien just because you spoke with them and they ran your credit and boom, there's that lien, even though you didn't sign the agreement. Now, when you try to apply somewhere else, they're gonna see that lien and unfortunately you won't be able to sign up with us. Oh, that's an inside hack to, to secure that customer, huh? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And then- It's kind of shady, I didn't sign nothing, bro. Mm. I'll be honest, um, it's rare for them to not sign it because there's always an agreement that's sent to you whether you read it or not unfortunately mm -hmm. that's entirely on on your plate yeah but as long as it's not out of this world where like upon opening this oh, email no, you no. agree like <laughs> no, what the no, fuck? no. <laughs> no everything's now it's like hello sign yeah. docusign so everything literally even if you just type in your name yeah that's yeah. a signature right yeah but you have to well, actually i told someone that but they they weren't familiar with it there's a way that you could type it and it's considered a signature, mm -hmm. right? You add those two uh, yeah, because there's a forward a slashes or what do you call that uh, when it's forward slotted? Slash, forward slash. That's what I heard. Am I wrong? That's a, that's a signature. If you put two forward slash in front of it and two forward slash behind it. At well, the it end, could be an initial. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it could be your initials. Could be 
Contineros, right? It could be anything that's le- legally on there, then that's mm. considered a signature. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of tricks in here, and that, that's why, you know, I'm glad that we're having this conversation. Cause I just don't want to have a brain read, fart. I want to make sure I ask the whatever I can, you know? We well, go over this multiple times yeah. with clients that we onboard. It's not where you just sign up and, hey, good luck, thank you, pleasure, I'll talk to you never. Let me hold that lean. <laughs> Even though you didn't sign shit. So. Yeah, no, it is. Believe me, my conversations with my clients, usually the beginning is like 30 minutes. Then the second conversation is, again, to reiterate everything we went over. My technique is that everything that we discussed, I'll send you a recap email. So that way I know for a fact that we went over it and there's no trickery involved, right? That Mm -hmm. way you feel comfortable at the end of the day. That's the most important um, factor in my mind. Yeah. That sounds very salesy. (laughs) (laughs) so um it sounds like you like what you do love it what do you hate about it there's got to be something that a pet peeve maybe whether on the client side or just at the office it gets overwhelming just like this industry period right yeah it's sometimes it's a 24 7 type of thing since i since we have clients all over the nation um there's sometimes where they're calling in and i'm not even on shift yet and they get frustrated Right. Or if I'm trying to have dinner with my family and, you know, they're calling and they get frustrated that I don't answer. You know, sometimes we get so involved in our day to day operations that we forget that they're human, too. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's the only downside I, I could think of. What's the scenario of them calling you? Why, why would they call you once they're already signed up? What is there to talk about at that point? Well, we onboard them. We make sure that they understand the application. They understand the process. They understand mm-hmm. what an NOA is. Cause that, that What's right, NOA? Notice of assignment. Okay. And that notice of assignment, every factor, you sign one, we sign it to execute it, and we send it out to the broker. Mm-hmm. Now, that broker has to abide by that and placing it and making sure that they're not paying containeros directly because we're the factoring company, right? They could get in a lot of legal trouble if they mm. just ignore it and they pay you, mm. right? So we go over that. We go over, I'm gonna sh- maybe I probably get in trouble for sharing this because it's insider um, info, but. Get in trouble, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah. we, we have a. Do whatever you're comfortable sharing. Pretty cool feature in our program that allows you to save some money because again as i mentioned earlier that some brokerages are moving into factoring and because they're so large they're able to offer a lower rate let's say Mm 1.5 let's say two percent but your overall account rate is a little higher send me a screenshot of that and we'll match it for you guys Mm -hmm. right so we we try to save you guys as much money as possible Mm -hmm. if you don't want to bill them with us and that's fine you know more power to you'll match it at this point, do they already have another existing factoring company, though? It could be, but I'm talking transactional. Transactional. So, yeah, so meaning if, okay. if, let's say you're a brokerage, right? Yeah. And um, ABC Trucking is getting a load from you, but your quick pay is 2% to them. Yeah. But his overall rate is a little higher with us, mm-hmm. then I'll match the 2% from Containeros for that brokerage. Mm. Now, if you're talking about if they have another factoring company, there's a lot of um, moving components in that, and like you mentioned earlier, yeah, we we have to review their their AR, mm-hmm. so the report we have to make sure that because some of these factoring companies will approve whomever because it's recourse. So yeah. at the end of the day, if they don't collect, they're gonna get their money from you, or take your chassis on your trucks. <laughs> so we try to avoid as much risk as possible. Mm-hmm. Our books are super strong. Our loss is almost minimal compared to the amount that we fund. So So the scenario you said about matching, that's already when the customer, excuse me, that's already when you have the customer signed up and everything. Yes. Because you said you you don't mind if they get uh, paid directly by some of their customers. You're not Mm going to bully them and be like, Mm -hmm. we got it all. Mm -hmm. In that scenario, if one of their customers is paying lower, for the sake of you securing that, you match it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Because at the end of the day, it's it's not really just us, right? But you have to think about it. You as the business owner, right? Would you rather you know pay the two percent here, or would you rather spend an hour or two per day to create your own invoices and follow up on payments? You see, so there's a lot of things that 
to take into consideration besides just the rate. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I, I even get like like confused if I could say that. Like but it's all moving pieces. Mm-hmm. Like you get your authority, you get you go there's, get a customer. You want to get paid for your service. The, so I didn't see it like that, like visually, like everything mm-hmm. working. I, I just saw like I get paid Friday. That's all I saw, mm-hmm. like at some point, you know, like yeah, especially yeah, in Dre, there's a lot of companies that pay yeah, that way. Yeah, but I, I wish I learned so much more, like at an early age or, or stage in in the Dre age thing. Like you could literally get paid on that invoice the same day, right? Yeah. And we're over here waiting for Friday or dos semanas de fondo, and we have our own authority. Even in some cases, like why don't I just, you know, team up? Yeah. So it's like there's a lot of, like I said, fucking broken record, but there's a lot of moving pieces to this. And yeah. we, the more we know, the more we could, you know. The easier it is. I mean, at the end of the day, again, you're 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 putting your time and effort as a driver. Yeah. Why would you put more stress on you to yeah. be uh, clerical, right? Yeah. If you're not used to it. But it's already a red flag as someone with own authority to be getting work from someone else's authority, if that makes sense. like When you're a lease operator? A lot of us, because this AB5, a lot of us hopped on it, like, because AB5, the scare or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it goes through or not, we were proactive or, whatever, or reactive. Who knows? Reactive. Right? Um, let's do it. But now we're in the same. We were in the same scenario that I own a truck. I can get leased on and put on that company's placards, right? Mm-hmm. But it's my truck. Same pay, right? According to the terms I have with that company, that's their accounts. Now we got the scenario where the guys have their own authority. Same shit. They're still at, under that company. You know what I mean? So I'm saying that's why I'm saying it's a red flag. If you have your own authority, you should be going all out and go out there get accounts. Don't worry about the funding because then if you do your homework, you get some factoring going. Mm-hmm. It's that, intimidating. That, that, I mean, when I had my, my my two trucks, I didn't know what I was getting into. I came from being a dispatcher to I said, you know what? Why am I going to pay get paid such mm-hmm. pennies when I could be out making my boss's money, mm-hmm. right? And there was a lot of things that I know, like CHP inspections. The reason why I was put out of service is because one of the drivers that I had, he uh, he was training another guy, Otokayo, for that fact. First same same first name, same last name, was not in my insurance policy. He got popped in Oregon at the scale. Mm-hmm. He got put out of service for three months. Bills don't stop. You know that. Still got to pay the insurance. Still got to pay the office. You know, there's so much overhead, and unfortunately, because of that, I, I had to close up shop. So. It, I get what you mean, right? When there's, when you have your own authorities, but in reality, I guess by partnering up or being under somebody else's authority might seem like a better stepping stone at the time. And eventually, build your own knowledge, read more, get out there, learn more, and then you could decide which route to go. Whether if you want to stick with them as a lease operator, or if you want to just venture out. Yeah, and the fact that you have your own authority, that allows you to accept some of their work if you want to. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's good or bad when it comes to, or how that stands in the realm of a quadruple brokering or whatnot, but... It's frowned upon. The only problems I've encountered in my career is when it's two alphas and they're like, no, well, if that's the case, if you're going to get your own loads, you're canceled for my authorities, pay for your own insurance, pay for your own trailer, pay for this, you know, so it burns a lot of bridges unfortunately yeah but back to that it's sad that you get your own authority and you're stuck in the same fucking place doing yeah. least on rate work yeah so that's all i'm saying yeah then learning about other things and tools to to help you progress it's good so i hope uh people learn something today definitely um so an interesting factoring story i'm sure there's gotta be at least one out there like like damn this was what could go wrong or, or something? I don't know. Let me know, man. It, it, it goes into that realm where you are not allowed to have multiple factoring companies. Um, sometimes some of these factoring companies don't uh, submit the lien in time, in a, in a timely manner. They'll wait like a week. And then this carrier in the meantime is shopping around. 
The carrier oh. ends up getting approved by the other factoring company. He gets both approvals, and he'll bill both of us to see who pays quicker. And then we run into a scenario where, well, I got to get paid. So either you pay us or we got to figure out some sort of payment plan. All right. So that's that's the ugliest I've seen. Um, like an interesting story, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Others have been where they get charged like 2500 to terminate their contract. I've seen as much as $8,000 um, because they're so predatory. You know, they, okay, if you're going to leave, we have to. And it's written on that contract, too. So you have to be very specific and dissect it, right? Yeah. Where they're going to have a $2,500 lawyer fee for legalities or attorneys or no sé qué tanto in specific que dice, but mm-hmm. it gets, that's as ugly as it gets. Okay. Good case scenarios or good stories is, you know, whether you're a one truck operator or you have, you know, a fleet of 50 trucks, we we're able to manage that. So we, we've, we have accounts that are pretty, they're up there or the, my, my best success stories is when just by having a conversation, you find out that, um, your carrier client, you know, has been billing on the side. Well, hey, what, what's up? You know, switch over and then they end up growing. They get paid quicker. Um, they go from two trucks to five trucks, you know, from two trucks to three trucks. So that growth right there, it's it's amazing to witness. Cool. And so that's a good one, mm-hmm. right? We hope there's more good than bad. Yeah. And what about it? And as far as like in the industry, is this a industry where, like, um, kind of like in trucking, there's a little bit of cutthroat everywhere. There so, is. how does and what's the the cutthroat side of this? Um, the the main thing that frustrates me, the roadblock that we run into, is these UC ceilings when a carrier didn't apply. Um, or didn't sign the agreement and we just can't overcome that hurdle right there's there's a couple clients that i'm trying to transition over from a different uh, company and communication lacks so they won't respond to us and when they do oh we need the carrier to contact us which they already did there's written one of these things uh, for everybody to keep in mind out there is if you're gonna terminate your agreement don't call in don't don't just say hey you know what luis um cancel my agreement you have to have track re- written track record, paper trail. On this date, mm-hmm. please respond with acknowledging my request, right? Because mm-hmm. if you don't, then two weeks go by, oh, well, we never got your request. Even though you spoke with Luis and you let him know that you want to mm-hmm. cancel, then it turns out that it's another two weeks that they have to wait. So do both and follow up or maybe re- write it in such a way that, no, that wouldn't count, right? No, because it's the same shit I said earlier like upon opening this email you agree so there has to be acknowledgement of receiving it for it to be valid yeah correct so they probably ignore it on purpose then they do or they'll leave they'll leave it in you know unread for a week and then they'll finally respond but what matters is the date that you requested it no bro I think what matters the subject you gotta put we'll flip 500 into 5,000 (laughs) (laughs) Little scam Open action that right shit there. Right away. Yeah, yeah, huh? yeah, man. So it gets it gets frustrating at times, you know, when clients can't terminate or or leave their account. But we we do every part that we can in order to have it be a seamless transaction. So you guys yeah. are not involved as much as you should. I was going to ask you about if you've done factoring only, but then you already mentioned a little bit about that when that uh, Tokayo story. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to add uh, aside from that you've done, like other than that trucking venture? Well, as a the dispatch, as right? a team leader, or sales manager, for, man, I, I, I Forever Twenty One. Everybody knows them, the old school Fashion Nova, right? Mm. I help build a lot of their stories, their stores. So in Livermore, they had one of the big hubs. We opened up their their shop in the San San Francisco Mall. Queens, New York, Jamaica, you know, I've grown accounts and I've seen both sides of the end, right? Where it's frustrating as a broker where you guys think that we're just eating and we're keeping a lot of um, margins. Sometimes it, we do, depending on the, the season, but you sometimes said, we take we, hits. 
you said we right now like identifying as a broker like, so factory because it's always gonna no because it, it's always gonna be in my blood i did it okay. for like six years i just had it i caught that only like, <laughs> let's clarify that and it's just part of my vocabulary i don't like saying i you know there's shouldn't never be an i you know if you're gonna send me documents instead of saying me send them to us right so because yeah. it's a team effort you know, yeah it's not just me so that that's why it's said that we yeah sorry i must have uh, fucked up between the thought but if you can recover <laughs> no yeah, yeah. Go ahead. so um i've i've done that side of the trade um i've had my trucks so i've seen the frustrations on both ends and i think that that's what empowers me to build such a strong connection with all types of clients mm-hmm. whether you know you're just starting off you have yeah. a box truck right to whether you're a, you know a fleet manager of 10 trucks I had, um, I guess there's a new insurance thing where you're not allowed to insure more than, I think, five units within your first year of authority. And I had a client like mm-hmm. that that he was in a scenario where because he grew too fast or he added too many trucks to his insurance policy that he got blocked. So he had to open up a new entity. Mm. Right. So fast growth is well, but it's a high risk and insurance companies don't, they don't like that. So there's got to be movidas and like little secrets that you have to be able to do in order to continue your growth. Like some of these big trucking carriers, like a Schneider, they have like four different MC numbers. Lancer are the same thing. Yeah. You know, there's different divisions for everything. If, if you were not factoring, what would you do? I would probably open up my own shop again. As in? Uh, Having at least one unit to start. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, I always wanted to. The last time I had a, a Peterbilt, you know, I I had it for like two, three years, but the driver that I had on it blew the engine on it. The repairs were way too much for me. Um, I had to give it back to the bank. You know, so it's it's a lot of downfalls, but there's a lot of opportunity for growth. Yeah. You know, look, look at, um, you know, not going to name specifics, but with your situation, you know, I got, when I got knocked in 2008, it... it, it it derailed me so strong that it, it transitioned me into this industry because oh, I, yeah, I wasn't yeah. banking before you know i was a personal banker doing loan uh, mortgages and stuff like that and then yeah that happened you know you can't have a record and be in corporate america mm. you know, so mm-hmm. yeah that sucks but yeah. does it right because yeah. you I wouldn't up, be here where, yeah yeah so and that's the thing about trucking that i always say too like I don't have to be driving to be in trucking. Successful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not dispatching. I'm not brokering anything out, but we're still in the same industry. Yeah. And I did my time. I did. I put in work like 15 years, man. So it's I think it's enough to. Trying, uh, time yeah. for a little switch mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Any any side hustles at the moment? Yeah. Um, with my brother, uh, we buy and sell appliances. Okay. So like mini fridges. Um sectionals looking at my fridge Uh, our fridge should have came to me for that one right there it was already here (laughs) so yeah we 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 do that you know on my days off uh, weekends you know but sometimes i overwork myself and um i get you know a foggy mind Mm -hmm. so i try not to overwork myself anymore either because you know going three months with no day off no time off it it just it's not fun you're you see the your bank account grow that's for sure yeah but without any free time yeah drives me crazy I, I think if i was maybe in dispatching still or or brokering i wouldn't have the mindset or the mentality or the strength to have my side hustle because that's just overwhelming like three four phones at a time not only just for my trucks but you know taking care of the office clerical work it got to the point when one of the companies i was uh managing i had 60 agents under me so I was working literally 5 a.m. to 5, 6 p.m. Um, even when my dad was in the hospital, come in on weekends, you know, it, it just, I wouldn't want to do that again. So that's why I'm, I love what I do. And it, it allows me to have some free time, enjoy it with my family yeah. and be able to have a side hustle. Yeah. That, uh, what's your goal with the side hustle? Like, Maybe... Free- I've, I've always considered it and and time to time i end up dreaming that i'm looking at retail st- uh, stores mm-hmm. to lease and just stack them up with fridges and like a like a thrifty per se right yeah yeah because uh 
my mom and and my brother and myself uh we we had one in 2009 um so we got a taste of it you know but at the time i didn't know even though i was in banking i didn't know about ar or accounting you know or what software to manage all my receivables you know so i think uh maybe just leasing like a little front a small front store and just packing it up yeah some would say that's random like appliances like why did you choose that it sells itself there's always a need for it you Mm. know either people want to upgrade or their current unit breaks down and uh, these repairs are costly some of these engineers that repair fridges because i have a guy that does that Mm -hmm. man one time i'd rather just call the city and have them pick it up because the repair on it he quoted me last time it was 480 it's like man no I'm already a couple hundred in in the unit. Why am I going to spend it and then still take a loss? Mm. You know, I'd just rather cut my loss right there. So it's not random. It's just that there's always a demand for it. People are constantly moving, whether it's city, state, yeah. apartments, upgrading or downgrading. Um, and here I am to make some money off of it, to capitalize on it. Do they ever come with any surprises? Any, any little critters? Yeah, like man. Oh, you got a story? Yeah. That, when I always I always try to be as clean as possible and, and spray them, wash my units really well before mm-hmm. I even flip them and I test them for at least two weeks to make sure that there's no issues. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some, unfortunately, some humans are not <laughs> as clean as they should, you know, so... And uh, when I see uh, them, man, it just ugh, it gives me like goosebumps. I'm like, yeah. I don't even want to touch it anymore. I don't even want to yeah. sell it. I already dealt that with that as a kid, so I, I've been around some critters, you yeah. know. But growing up poor, man, that yeah. goes with oh, it. But, believe me, same here. But yeah, hey, um, but not as bad as me, probably. Let's see. What if you would wake up in the middle of the night? Do they all start running when you turn the light on? Was it that bad? Has ever been that bad? I can't remember. Maybe at one point in my life when I was a, a child, yeah. like a toddler maybe, yeah. or like five years old, yeah. But in, in those cases, my mom always tried to take us out of those kind of, you know, yeah. les llaman cucaracheros, mm. you know. Um, so they all, our parents always try to provide for us as much as possible, not put us in those situations. But yeah. man, first, what, like 10 years of my life, I slept on the floor. Mm-hmm. Slept on the floor of my brother, you know. And the earthquake, when it popped, because I've always lived in the valley, we were living in a big lots um, parking lot for like three months because our apartment was uh, red flagged. Okay. At risk or what? Yeah. It, nobody could go back into inhabitate because it was the structure, the frame, the foundation, everything was just trashed. So what else do you remember from childhood? Good times, like my dad taking us to the 2020 you know, every other Sunday to pick out a used game, you know, for our Game Boy. Um, my dad taking us to trips, you know, my mom taking us to Guatemala, you know. So a lot of the mainly happy moments, but the I guess I've suppressed a lot of bad stories also, and that's why I try to continue to progress. And to be honest, my, my mom, my brother, like my why, that's why I continue to keep pushing forward. What incidents um, stick with you that had an impact on you growing up? Mm, I guess the only, because I've never broken arms. I've never severed anything, thank God. But um, I used to wrestle a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, one time I split my my head on a chopped down tree. One time I was with my brother riding on the, on the handlebars. My stupid ass put my foot between the rim. Boom, they'll seek with my feet big chinchon that i had for like a, what two weeks memories yeah so yeah but everything's good so none of the hardships that you went through none of them stick with you now or like push you or like anything in particular like that i guess yeah um but those hardships i put myself into those predicaments like i said when i got um 2008 was in my best year mm-hmm. um and that like I, I would never put myself in that position again, um, and I try to. That's what sticks with me, you know, more than anything of my childhood. What do you think led to two thousand eight being that type of year? I was young. I was walling. I was making more money that I could manage, you know, and I was just reckless. So money doesn't really, without the proper technique Education. or knowledge, mm-hmm. in and out. Yep. 
That's one of the things I guess I, I could say I regret. And I've always considered maybe taking some courses or getting my AA or something like that, you know, because unfortunately in corporate America, if you don't have that degree, they don't fuck with you. Yep. Yeah. Or they'll take somebody else with less experience just because they have that, that little shiny diploma. Yeah. Yeah. What did you learn from 2008 though? What? Don't put myself in that position again. Manage my money better. Um, don't be reckless. And especially, you know, legal. It, it's not cheap. Comes with the price. No. No. Took me took me a couple of years to recoup from that major loss, was like close to twenty thousand that I lost. Yeah. So why would I? Instead of those twenty thousand, I could have you know spent it on a house. Um, at that time, houses were like two hundred something. Yeah. If you're inebriated or impaired, don't get behind the wheel. Um, thank God I I I didn't you know damage any private property. I didn't crash against anybody. I was literally pulled out of a drive-through. Cause I was in the wrong side of town. My truck was suspicious, you know, sitting on 22s at that time. It was, you know, weird, right? Yeah. And um, literally they made me pull out of the drive-through and that's where it called like four units on me. Yeah, mine, they found me in uh, in another, na- and same thing. They found me in uh, another neighborhood. Like, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> And uh, did they did they did they wake you up? They woke me up. Nah, that, no, because I, I had a pass, and this is how it happened, right? Like I had a passenger. My truck was full of, you know, there was like four or five people in there. Uh, my passenger, my front seat passenger, was being belligerent, throwing trash out the truck. Just turns out that there was a unit patrolling, saw us litter, walks out, tells my passenger, "Yo, put this back in the truck." Um, and then he started fighting with the cop. Of course, you know, I'm the one driving. He didn't fall for it. I took it. Where's he at? Who knows? Did he offer me any money? No. So you got to be careful also with your acquaintances. So They're only there for the good times, Yep. most of them. All right, moving on from that. What was um, uh, What's the number one thing on your bucket list you want to accomplish? As... Lame as this might sound, just travel. Go to Greece. That's always been my destination of choice. Why is that? Why Greece? Out of all the it places. It just looks picture perfect, you know. Got a couple of buddies that have gone there. I've seen their videos, their pictures. I'm like, damn, I, I just, why am I overworking? And it's very affordable. Yeah. You know, one of my coworkers travels pretty much at least like twice a year. And she just went to Greece. I think she spent like three Gs. It's nothing. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously it, it's yeah, it's not easy, but it's not attainable. impossible. It's attainable. Yeah. yeah. What did you really uh, want to be growing up? Do you remember? Like, I kind of do, but I I can't put my finger on it. But it had to be. It had to do something with me being in a suit and being in like probably like a stockbroker or something. Businessman. Yeah. As a young age, and who put that image in you, or what did you see that inspired that? I guess watching my, my parents struggle because they both worked at Gelson's Market, you know, grocery stores, mm-hmm. fast-paced, um, underpaid. And I just wanted to put myself in a different environment, in an office, you know, be comfortable. Um, and then obviously watching all these movies. Yeah. So. Why do you think people attribute a business suit to success all the time? It, it, that's the old way. You know, that's how mm-hmm. men used to dress, you right. know, in the past. And then they used to have their little suitcases. Yeah. <laughs> have you heard that thing uh, that the, the guys in the suits work for the guys in uh, PJs and slippers or something like no that? No way. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I haven't the, heard that. But it's true, it, though. You know, it's true. Some, the boss is somewhere out there chilling. These guys <laughs> looking fly, though. Yeah. The you one know? good thing I, I will say, though, this is the not, you know, because I'm still employed here, but. He's been the only CEO that I've ever worked for that that's literally for the, his team and growing the business, not in it for the quick buck. And if he has to step in and he has to, you know, talk to, let's say you, for example, he doesn't mind picking up the phone versus, you know, there's been other managers that I've worked under that they always hide when stuff popped up. Oh, I'm not here. I'm leaving. Kind of like Wolf of Wall Street, like he'll, he'll put in work mm-hmm. and he'll, he'll do the calls too. Yeah, he, he, he yeah. won't ask nothing of you that he wouldn't do himself. Yep. Then. Yep. Yeah. And he actually, he, yeah, he's helped me close a, a lot of 
deals. So this is a lot of um, years of experience, though. What has rubbed off on, on you from him? His work ethic, I guess you could say, and the way he uh, conducts himself. Always professional. Um, his vocabulary is extensive, you know, so just uh, overall a good guy. What do you consider a good work ethic? Putting in the work. I mean, this guy just recently went um, on vacation and he was still working. You know, I'm sure his, his girl gave him grief, you know, but he's on <laughs> yeah. his laptop in meetings with us. Yeah. You know, or he'll call in. So just uh, never, never running when the times get tough. Yeah, because the moment you start letting lo loose on the gas pedal, then you could lose tons of momentum. So who inspires you? Who's your idol? You, bro. Ah, hey. I guess you could say my mom. Yeah. You know, she, um, after her career ended in, in the grocery supermarket, she's been hustling nonstop. You know, always finds a way to make money. And um, I guess I've learned a lot of my sales techniques from her. Um, I guess you could How say. How so? Like, just the way that she speaks to clients, you know, mm. to her clients um, whenever she sells an item. Because I, I guess I could say I got into the appliance business because of her. Okay. Because she's always done it, you know, the last like 20 years. And um, just watching her hand over product to, you know, one of her clients, the way she conducts herself her speech you know makes everybody feel comfortable always cracking jokes mm. so i implement that on my daily operations when i'm speaking to anybody on the on the phone do you want to crack a joke i suck at jokes bro. Oh, <laughs> i did not that guy yeah okay i guess uh, yeah no i don't i'm not good with that do you have any any um motivational books or a quote or something that you that you fucked with and you want to recommend or I'm not, you... I'm not gonna front you know no. I, that's one of those things i lack on and i need mm -hmm. to start picking up that habit of, of reading mm -hmm. i saw one of your posts that i really liked i had to do with that topic where if you read the same books that somebody else is reading you pretty much have the same mentality you know something of that rather mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um that really resonated in me so that's not an excuse to not read. No, it's it's yeah, not. Yeah. Not at all. I'm not saying that. Yeah. yeah. Just, no, I'm saying, you're like, oh, this means I don't have to read then. No, not tampoco. Okay. No, I'm saying, you know, because you, you'll see a lot of books being filtered out and people promoting them. Like, oh, read this. And they're barely, they all think that they're authors now or, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, not about trends. But, yeah, that's that's a very good um, subject matter that I wish I I, I need to pick up. Also, like you, reading it once is not enough. Yeah, it's like watching a movie. You got to watch it a couple yeah, times or yeah. read it a couple times and for it to resonate. It's something you weren't ready to absorb in mm -hmm. the first go. So I kind of, because I get distracted a lot, you know? And yeah. But always something sticks. I know that it works because there's certain stuff I remember and I'll be like interrupting guests like with, oh, I remember this quote. <laughs> and then I go and say it and it's all fucked up. I miss you know <laughs> what I mean? Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I said a quote, bro. So, yeah. And here's a little blank spot where I was hoping you would add your own question, but. Yeah, because it's not really. That we were a team, bro. A, you yeah, said, you said teamwork me. earlier. What's up? Yeah. This was teamwork. Mm, I just don't really like talking about myself. Just makes it makes it more intuitive when it comes from the other person. It makes it genuine because that, that's like. I don't know. To, to me, the way I took it when I when you said that, I was like, oh, that's that's a little self like that's uh, I guess conceited, you know? Like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, make sure you ask me this. You should be more conceited, more. I mean, I'm confident. Yourself. Yeah, I'm confident. Um, a little too confident sometimes. Yeah, it's you know, my one of my demises. But the approach with this is that, well, at least I noticed like there has to be that one question that applies to that one person because if if I, you ask everyone the same thing. Sure, yeah. there'll be different variations upon their perspective, but based on their perspective, but I'm sure there's um, sometimes, for example, like a trucker, like everyone probably asks the same, like, mm -hmm. do you get tired of working late? Um, you know, I don't know. Is it true there's a long line at the ports all the time? <laughs> yes, bitch, there's long lines. Like, ask me something interesting, you know? Yeah. That's all it was. But 
fine. Yeah. Cross it out, bro. Where do you see yourself in five years? I don't have a specific answer, you know, just still with my mom being here with us, um, everything being good and reading being a lot in a better position than I am today. Um, whether that's, you know, finally getting my truck again or opening up a shop, you know, so that way my mom could work a lot less now too. So just retire mom. Yeah. But she probably wouldn't sit still, huh? Like it's, some yeah, people that never like, want to retire. Yeah, I'll tell her like, "Yo, stop working, take the day off," you know, etc. She's like, "No, I, I have to work." Yeah. So. Do you believe in that? Like sometimes, like they say, like when when people retire, that's when they start to fall apart. Like when they chill, and the people that keep going, they they last a little longer. I don't know if that makes sense. You, yeah. you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, watching my dad. Um, when he was sick, he like he would lose his mind, you know, being at home, not being able to work. Um, he always needed to be on the go, and that's yeah. I guess a trait that they have that I I miss that gene pool because I I don't always have to be on the go. You know, I'm fine resting, I'm fine um, just watching TV or being in my comfort zone. You know, yeah. But it's a definitely a good um, ethic to have because like. I'll watch their procedures, you know, their daily routines and their daily schedules. And yeah, it's a, I agree with what you're saying. Cause again, I, I witnessed it with my dad and then my mom, I don't even know what she would do if she wasn't working. Yeah. What is it? Use it or lose it? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Another, another one of my quotes. <laughs> That's a real thing, right? Use it, it or lose it. I think people apply it towards something degrading, though. <laughs> <Usually>. <laughs> yeah, okay. No degrading stuff here. Um, yeah. Anything that, any advice uh, for anyone trying to get into being a better salesman or? Be open-minded. Open-minded. Um, be receptive and um, apply it. Because you could sit in classes, you could take courses but if you only did that to have that under your belt, what are you really gaining out of it? If you don't apply your methods or, you know, your knowledge, then you're just going to be spinning your wheels. But they're very motivated, though. Hmm. <laughs> no comment. But there is people like that, right? That they, there's no shortcut for that shit. No. You got to go through it. Yep. But they, um, they go through, they know all the... They've been to all the seminars and all that, but... Yeah, and they're still spinning their wheels. I mean, I, I guess my, my biggest um, moment within my sales career is when I sold cars, used cars for that matter. Yeah. Man, that, that was that was a hustle right there, you know, and I learned a lot. It's greed, um, different techniques that you have to apply, but most importantly, listen to the client. Because um, if you're coming in, for example, for an SUV... And I'm trying to upsell you into a smaller car or a crossover. That's not what you want. Yeah. You know, so I'm already failing doing that job. And then being under the rain, demoing cars, being in the valley, it gets hot in a suit, 120 degrees, sweating bullets. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a hustle. And it. I guess that, I don't know, maybe you can read it or maybe you can learn it by taking a course, but... Unless you do it, like you mentioned, you're not really going to know. Yeah. A lot of times the people will tell you, like, you don't, the answer is right in front of you, but you <laughs> don't listen. Yeah. Yep. It's, there was this post where I think it's Brad Lee, the real Brad Lee, he, he said this scenario of a, of a car salesman. Mm-hmm. The, the guy comes in and he's checking out a Corvette. It's a badass Corvette. So the salesman starts, you know, Making it sound, yeah, you're going to get all the ladies with this. You're going to get all the action. You're going to get all the attention. This, man, this shit is fast, you know? And all along, the the individual wanted a car for his daughter. So he assumed it was for the man, and he missed out on the sale. Because now the way he said it, when you put that into the uh, context for a 16-year-old, you know why your 16-year-old hauling ass going mm-hmm. 0 to 60 in this many seconds and getting all this attention and all that? Like, So he fucked up because yeah. he assumed. Yep. So failed to get to know him and ask a little more. Yeah. You ne- you learn a lot by asking questions, and ultimately that's the decision maker. You know, it's, 
I have a lot of clients that that come over from different factory companies. Um, you know, usually when they do, it's because they're not content with their current situation. Yeah. My rep doesn't answer the phone. My rep sends me to customer service. My rep takes a long time to reply to my emails, or my rep just doesn't communicate. You know, so I try to give them a different approach. All right. Any anything you want to add? No, just, you know, appreciate the time that, that you brought me over. Again, congratulations and how you flipped your situation to <laughs> yeah. be in this position. You know, that that's admirable. Um, wish you nothing but success. Furthermore. Thank you. And, um, yeah. Let's, yeah, still let's, a lot to learn. I still have my hiccups, as you saw earlier, like, where I'm like, uh... Yeah. Lose my train of thought on something. But if stuff, you're not applying uh, or, or realizing that, yeah. you're not going to grow. So Yeah, yeah. see, I could have watched a bunch of podcast videos. How to podcast. <laughs> you got to fucking do, do the it. podcast, yep, you know? Yep. And, and yeah, so cool. Where can they contact you? Where can they uh, reach you? Or um, what's up? Easiest way, uh, my direct line, it's uh, area code 562 you can reach me by text or call. Um, if I don't answer, just send me a text message because I'm either literally on the other line, as cliche as that sounds on the voicemails, or I might be in another podcast with Conteneros, you know? So just uh, send a message. Don't think that we're being dismissive or we don't have time. We'll get back to you. But that's the, the easiest way. Otherwise, it would be by email. But And what's the, the IG? It's at Mineasy. That's mm. M-Y-N. E E E Z Y, not four E's, Z Y. Four E's, guys. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Thank you guys for tuning in and catch you on the next one. One thing, don't forget, mention Conteneros if you guys are calling wow. in or, or inquiring. Just a simple inquiry, and you guys are interested yeah, in yeah, either yeah. us re reviewing your agreement, second opinion. Make sure you mention Conteneros. Yeah, um, not salesy at all, but hey, if you sign up with the homie, mention Conteneros for 0% um, off, but just sign up. <laughs> <laughs> sign up. <laughs> all right, Thanks. now we're going to go. Okay, yeah, appreciate bye. Appreciate you guys.